live from the Huntington Hellhole. In the morning, Troy. In the morning, Brian Black. Got my bank account frozen. <laughs> Wait. Uh, it was, yeah, it was temporary. Oh, okay. These fucking... The... I wired like 20 bucks to an for exchange. For nightly activities? For, uh, oh. Mm -hmm. For activating an account on like a Bitcoin exchange. And they locked my account. So I had to sit on the phone for 17 minutes before I could reach somebody. And they went, oh, oh, okay. And they unlocked it. Well, see, that's the thing, right? You didn't ask your master first before you spent his money. It, it was very irritating. <laughs> you make sure to ask for permission next time. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that how... sort of like how ironic? Trying to yeah. put your money in decentralized I mean, and it, then these. It sealed their fate. Why? <laughs> exactly. It sealed their fate. Fuck them. Every chance I get, I'm taking my money out of those banks. I've got a cool utility, little chat utility that you might want to use. Probably chat not, utility. actually. Just depends on your audience. Maybe you'll use it for something. This is going to revolutionize OnlyFans for when you sell your underwear and sell your bathwater. Oh, no. What is this? Okay, it's called Sphinx. This is a decentralized chat, slat, like text chat, voice chat, file sharing, podcast type media distribution platform. And it uses the Bitcoin Lightning Network for microtransactions. It's $2 up front. Mm -hmm. And you get an invite code that you use to uh, actually use the app. You can't use the app otherwise. And they give you like 2000 Satoshi, which I think is like $1.89 or something. It's, it's very little. And then you pay fractions of a penny depending on the chat room slash tribe that you join. So you could, let's just say that you're a Twitch streamer and you do private shows. This is what you do, where you sell your underwear. Mm -hmm. Your fans go into this chat app. It it chart. You can basically put a fee, like a a fourth of a penny or something, for every message. Uh, you could have boosted posts for however many satoshi you want, and uh, there's this concept of staking. So for somebody to join your chat to ensure that they don't abuse any like abuse you or abuse people in the chat or spam mm -hmm. they have to stake a certain amount for a certain duration. So you could basically rate limit how often they can spam because if they spam if you're basically holding 50 cents of theirs in uh in escrow then if you ban them before the 24 hour staking period or however long you make it seven days or something, mm -hmm. then they lose their 50 cents. You can crank it up to $10. It just depends on whether or not the people who join your chat trust you. So it solves abuse. It solves spam by using these little, uh, micro payments. And it, uh, since it's basically a Bitcoin wallet, it, it's a, a way for you to get donations for your chat server to get funded. Um, when you publish media in this platform, like the no agenda show is on there. As mm. you listen to it, you pay per minute. So you pay like half a penny per minute to listen to no agenda. And but by the time you're them, done, right? It goes straight to them. Yeah. So every, okay. every 60 seconds, it goes straight to Adam Curry's wallet. And he makes like a dollar or something when you're all done. But hey, it's pretty cool. It's basically support the show by listening to the show. And then there'll be one guy that speeds up the podcast. And so he pays <laughs> fractionally a little bit less. Well, that's the thing. There's admittedly a small barrier to getting into the app. So mm -hmm. the only way I could really see this being the platform of choice would be... <laughs> 
for things that are kind of on the illicit side, which is why yeah. I used the OnlyFans example, because I'm not going to listen to No Agenda this way. That's cool that it donates, but that's I want to listen at 2x speed. Mm-hmm. In fact, I want to listen at 1.75 speed. So like, it's not even a normal speed that you can select on a normal podcast app, but you can in Overcast. Overcast also uh, skips dead air with smart speed. It's got all these cool features. This app does not have it, so I'm not going to listen to No Agenda this way. But if there was like some fan base around a cam girl or something, they would totally use this app. Yeah. I was just thinking, if you think about these, these type of services, like always imagine what it would be like, be like in real life. If you walked up to somebody and they said, oh, 15 cents, please, and you paid for 15 cents of their time to talk to you, you better yeah, be it's really wacky. compelling conversation that I can't get anywhere else where that is basically what illicit uh, conversations will be. It's interesting how the fact that there was a fee associated with the message, even though it was less than one penny, it was one Satoshi to send a message in this one chat. I actually mm-hmm. had a second thought about sending the message. And I noticed that nobody else in the chat room said anything when somebody asked a question. And I wonder it's if a, that's because of the fee. You got to, it costs something. You have to make sure it's a worth method. You're adding, you're adding value to your message. <laughs> Maybe. But, what? uh, it's not, it, it's value that you have to pay up front, not just the value that's inherited in like, it's not the value that people uh, uh, get from your message. It's value you have to pay in. If you could pay dynamically, sorry, increase the price dynamically, mm-hmm. that would be cool. Because then as the the chat starts to heat up, you just increase the, you go from like zero Satoshi to one just to kind of rate limit the chat so it's not as fast. Basically, you're creating an economy. Yeah slow it down so it's not overwhelming, but then not too much. So you're gonna, you don't have no one saying anything. You've just uh, capitalized speech. <laughs> it's a whole micro transaction platform. So you can have files that people pay to access. Metered listening, probably metered watching too. There's also yeah, interactive this- voice chat or it's all free just whatever you set your room to be oh it said play with memes i thought it said pay with memes i was like memes have monetary value where are you seeing that the little videos like, you know the learn about sphinx they had all the little videos i was like a little oh, okay. confused but now i misread it though whoops that's fine i i, I saw this i thought it was cool i kind of thought this is what that status.im app was which is an ethereum version of this mm-hmm. but all the chat rooms and status.im they're all full of spam <laughs> because there is free. no, yeah, it's free. There's no payment to send messages or staking. There's just an admin that's asleep at the wheel and a free messaging platform with a bunch of generic channels that nobody goes to because they're just full of spam. It's Everybody's trying to do their pump and dump. You uh, pay for what you get for. Status.im is actually a pretty cool app and all of these d apps decentralized apps whether it's sphinx i don't know what they call it in the bitcoin world but for lack of a better word for lack of a better word i'll call it a decentralized app um they're wallets they're wallets that have features and stuff attached to them some of these apps like zerion which is like a trading platform for ethereum that just bounces you back to metamask to make the purchase so metamask is your actual wallet so you don't have to like divide your funds up to these different apps. Mm-hmm. You have to jump back and forth between apps, which is actually relatively smooth. I personally prefer having everything in like a wallet and then bouncing out of the app to that versus splitting up funds. It'll be interesting to see where the rest of this stuff goes with Bitcoin. Cause I basically thought Bitcoin was dead. Like I thought it was the Firefox to Ethereum as Chrome. I thought it was Firefox. Like, that's cool the Firefox exists still, but I'm not going to go back to using it. <laughs> yeah. But now that I see they actually have decentralized apps, they figured out a way around what the uh, the devs have done. They figured out ways to use something like zero-knowledge proofs and or no, Z, 
ZK roll-ups or something. I don't know. These fancy ways of, for lack of a better word, com uh, like flattening the information, I guess just using like checksums to reference things, and then writing that into the Bitcoin blockchain. So the actual transaction security is still handled by the Bitcoin blockchain. They just do some of this on Lightning. There's this other project called Sovereign, which is adding decentralized finance. Kind of like I was describing with Zerion and Ethereum. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this, this is words I know now. <laughs> yeah, so Bitcoin is getting there. Just but they're, just, they're just paying, they're playing catch up though. They're not. They're, yeah, they're using a lot of the same ideas. I haven't seen anything like Sphinx in Ethereum, but I've seen all those different concepts like metered billing on layer two in Ethereum. I've seen that mm -hmm. as a separate concept because that would allow Netflix to basically have a pay as you go version where you pay nothing, but you only pay as you watch it. Hmm. And they get paid instantly. I could, I'm trying to think as far as like, I wonder if that, that might be appealing to some people because I know people complain about like, oh, there's nothing on Netflix. I'm just going to cancel it and then start it up again once something comes out that I do want to watch. And that'd be a way for them to basically not have to... It'll never happen. Think about it. <laughs> okay. How are they going to subsidize their other shows? They have to have a large library and they, mm -hmm. they're basically, mm -hmm. as far as I know, they're paying up front for it. I don't really know how the licensing works, but uh, it would require them to rethink a lot if they had to pay as you go. Well, I mean, I think it'd be the kind of thing where, like, if somebody actually is using Netflix a lot, or they want to just, you know, stay on the pay pay monthly fee, um, that probably would stay that way. But you know, there's this, there's always groups within groups, so there'd be a group of people that just constantly cancel anyways. You're not getting money anyways out of them. But hey, if they stay, if they keep their account and they only pay as they use it, they having the option to watch something on Netflix instead of having to go through the hassle of creating a new account and entering your credit card information, that might be enough to get them to watch a show that normally they wouldn't watch. Or like, you know, once you have the availability, you just go, eh, okay, I'll just see what's on. And then that's, that's fun money generating. Whereas before, if they just cancel and then wait for something to be really popular, then they have to come back and pay. Basically diversify the way you uh, diversify your options for your service. You will attract more different types of people into it. Yeah. iTunes. Make... Hey, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, iTunes lets you buy the song outright or you can subscribe to Apple Music. Exactly. There are people who want the song. They, they want to have their own copy or quasi own copy. Um, and there'll be the people who just want to stream random music and they're willing to pay, you know, two different type of fees for it um you if you keep your your um what's it called your services in a square peg hole all you're gonna get is square pegs but you know you have a square a circle and triangle and then you get more shapes in your box that can come in aws is pay as you go for everything and mm -hmm. they do have one service that has what all the other companies do like uh digital ocean or vulture where they have a flat rate. Mm -hmm. Just pay monthly or something. Some people just want a stable price, even though they may not be getting the best deal. But if you don't that know how to a... micromanage everything in AWS, mm -hmm. getting the flat rate's a better deal than AWS. I will say when it's a company involved, like a company wants to invest or you know get a service, it usually is better for them to just pay a flat rate, even if it's like sometimes they're winning, sometimes they're losing, just so that they can more accurately predict what their costs will be in the future. Like they're willing to pay, even if it's a little bit more, so long as it's a fixed amount. That way they can accurately predict, oh yeah, there's how much money we're going to have to spend next month because we have this fixed cost that doesn't change. Yeah. An individual though is like, I don't care, but a company that's like, it's a big deal. Yeah, I'm not sure what kind of customers need one thing over the other. That's what I'm saying. Like, if it's if it's an individual, like they're just doing it for their own personal thing, they probably would like a something they can control, something that will fluctuate because they be personally invested. But a company, you know, it's just a faceless entity. So people just want it to be easy, even if it is more expensive, because they're like, yeah, just charge the company card. Oh, that also reminds me. Also blockchain related 
Mm-hmm. There's this cool thing. There's a site called Flamingo Dow. There are others like it. It is a... Let me fix that link for you. Thank you. It's a decentralized autonomous organization, a DAO, and they use their Flamingo token to vote on what art they want to buy with their pooled funds. So you can be a fractional owner of (laughs) various art pieces. And they're building this big... Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It's digital. It's just a big library of art. It's an interesting idea. You got to have a lot of money to join this one, though. I'm about to say it's saying it's 0% remaining. <laughs> I don't think they're accepting any more people. Yeah, they're maxed out because they only took 100 people. Oh. It's actually run by a couple of lawyers, I think. And mm. part of this project was creating a, I think they call it a Lao. Like a DAO? I think it's a legal autonomous organization. Let's find out. Click around on this website. Somewhere on here, they discuss it. Okay, the site changed since I last looked at it. L-A-O, no. Yeah, they're saying 0%, 6 6,000 or is it? Yeah, 6,000 ETH added and then some description of hands of artists. Connect your wallet. No, thank you. Limited lib. Wait, what does it say? A for profit limited liability autonomous organization. Allow. From open law. So I guess this is like a a law firm. They help you set up DAOs. Then why would why would they be I'm it's, confused on like the So the point of a DAO is it's basically um the the internet's version of a corporation. And you can open yourself up to the public and they can buy shares and they can use this governance token to vote on things versus mailing you some little ballot to fill out and then sending it back. And then the number of their particular governance token that you hold They can have tiers for various things. This is actually how Uniswap is run. And that's a decentralized exchange for swapping Ethereum for different Ethereum tokens. Which is how you buy shit coins like uh, the Shiba Inu token and then get your money locked in that illiquid piece of shit. So many poor people just bought into this shit coin that had like a $36 billion market cap and very little liquidity. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Vitalik Buterin, the inventor of Ethereum, sold like 50% of all of those tokens. Something like that. It was like a huge amount that was airdropped to him. Somebody just we sent are, it to him. We are talking about Dogecoin, right? No, no. It's actually called Shiba Inu token. Oh, never mind that. I was like... It's, a, it's, a, it's another meme coin. Okay. There was this whole season of meme coins. Once uh, Dogecoin took off... All Everybody the other making their dog-related ones took off. Husky coin. So Corgi the only way coin. to get Shiba Inu token was through Ethereum. And $36 billion worth flooded that. And after uh, Vitalik Buterin dumped a whole bunch of it, everybody left the token. So Abandoned everybody was left shit. holding the bag. But apparently there wasn't enough uh, liquidity. So even though he probably had like a multiple billions worth in that Shiba Inu token, he could only really turn it in. He could only really get a couple million for it because that's all there was in liquidity. Mm. And then he donated it all to um, some charity. 
which spawned two new shit coins. One is uh, fuck VB, fuck Vitalik Butrin. And the other oh, one was like, uh, like if you liked Vitalik Butrin, it was. I don't remember what it was. It was uh, something positive, though. It was fuck VB, but like in a positive light. It might have been a Diamond Hands VB. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it's just all memes, and all, everybody's just got enough. They don't care. They just got enough money that they just throw it at things. Let's be nice. It's all funny money. Everybody, everything's down right now. I don't know if you looked at your... Uh, oh, your I haven't looked at it today. Oh, today's been busy. Let's see, what is the, my coins looking? My value. What's my value? The gas prices hit like $1,000 per trade. <laughs> because everybody was trying to rush and get out. So the whole network was overloaded. Oh, yeah. It was 180 when I last checked. Now it's 148. Yeah, it'll go back up. It cost me nothing. So no matter what, it cost plus. me nothing. The uh, gift. Oh, yeah. So the Dow on the, the, uh, the, the Dow note, mm-hmm. that would be cool to create a Dow for game hosting. Wait. For like specifically hosting first person shooters that can be modded uh, you mean like hosting the server or hosting like a streaming service for the governance around running the servers there's okay so there's an pay, arma 3 you... server mm-hmm. arma shit what is it called but basically you when you're playing on it you're paying for it and so therefore you are contributing to the no no joy. I'm not talking about some cryptocurrency thing for it's literally just for the governance and through your votes, you'd be contributing to the, uh, that Dow's treasury. So, or I could just take donations on the website. So if I just took donations on the website, then I, I could put those into like a die wallet or something and put it into a, a vault on one of these decentralized finance services like Alchemix which lets you take a loan against it and then the interest rate's so high that it actually repays the loan and I could actually fund all my game servers perpetually that way from one-time Forever. donations. Because you're investing and getting money back out of it. Because the interest rate loop. is high enough that it could actually pay the monthly bills. Mm-hmm. Creating a catalyst loop. So just a... Uh, a couple thousand dollars, I could just seed it with that to cover my existing servers. Oh yeah, I would never have to pay another bill. You get enough servers dollars, and you will not have to pay. Yeah, if if the donations kept coming in, then mm-hmm. I could have one of those crazy two hundred dollar a month Arma servers. In fact, I, what I'd rather do is just take that and then pay somebody else because there's this whole group of people I can't find their website right now. But they run these really cool King of the Hill armor servers where there's a hundred people in there. And it's all full of reserved slots. I just want to buy out one of their servers because I want their mod. I want to basically sponsor it. And then that would be the armor server for this DAO. And then I'd go find another game. And basically I'd just get all the server admins that I want and just fund them all. Keep it coming. That actually does remind me. I just saw a movie recently called In uh, Time. Have you heard of this movie? It's got Justin Timberlake as like the main actor. It's a horrible film. I wouldn't recommend seeing it, but this is the concept that was behind it. In the future, everybody ages to 25 and oh, it yeah. stops. Okay, so you've heard of this, right? Yeah. And you have to continue, continually pay money, basically to continue living. <laughs> Which in itself is like, it's sort of it's sort of true of life, you know. You have to continue pay money for food and you know shelter and all these things, but you know, like take it to an extreme level where like the person sees like, oh, I've got ten minutes left, and if they don't get you know any any funds added to their account, their Bitcoin, I mean their their uh, arm account, then they're uh, then they just drop dead, <laughs> just drop dead there on the street. Um, but like the solution to the film, oh spoilers ahead, the solution to the film is they steal from the rich and they they swarm 
poorer sections of this society and that somehow makes everything better but then <laughs> i never quite like that you could tell they're trying to do like multiple angles they're doing the sci-fi edge where like they're saying what would society be like if you had to pay continuously but you live forever kind of thing but then also doing like this bonnie and clyde kind of storyline where it's like oh it's these two partners and they're going around robbing banks and you know they're good guys but they're really bad or you know quasi thing but then like it's it still didn't make sense to me where like there's one point of the film where they stole a bunch of money they gave to a bunch of people for free you know so they they didn't have to worry about how to pay for the day they were good for the whole month kind of thing so they actually had leisure time and so what the bad guys did the economists the timekeepers is they jacked up the prices and everything. That way, even though they used to have a month, now they really don't have a day. And like that was the way they were like keeping things in check. But then I was and all and then that part they're like, oh we can't win. There's no way we can, you know, keep up with these like crazy demands. Like, but what if we had a million dollars? What if? And then they steal a million dollars. It's like that's that's apparently like solves the problem of economic inequality. And I still didn't understand to the stage. <laughs> still thinking about it now. I'm like dumping money into other people's hands. I don't know if that that, that like as soon as the system like as soon as you stop doing that, it just goes right back to the way it was. The in, the inflow is not working well. Don't overthink like, it. It's just a movie. <laughs> I guess that's true. I'm way overthinking something that's supposed to be just like go in, see it, and then never think of it again. But I think about it and it's these these cryptocurrencies as far as like, you know, getting liquidity in these coins and everybody just rushes it, it craps out, and then everybody abandons it like rats on a ship. Um as far as like just dump more money into it. Like the stock market before before more there were regulations that uh not make it so volatile. I said before, but maybe it is now, I don't know. I don't know. I was watching this watching it and just I've been looking for different things on Netflix and whatever to watch the, to, to pass time on breaks. And I actually have found a new show you might enjoy if you liked The Mentalist. It's a show called Chuck. Have you heard of the show? Uh, I'm looking it up. It's, it's the same nope. premise where one guy who's not very physically strong or whatever, like avoids violence, has all the answers. And then he's got two supporting actors. What? It's the same show? It's essentially the same show when you break it down to its elements. Um, but see, the twist is that he doesn't, he's not like a mentalist. The guy is always in charge of things. Like he, he knows what he's doing, he just doesn't let on that he knows. Where in this show, he has these flashes. Like he'll see something, he'll see like a counterfeit coin, and then he'll instantly know everything about this coin all at once and then that leads to clues of like who is the real bad guy going on and i'll set up tricks and traps whatever um it's it's yeah to suspend your your disbelief though definitely for the show because the, the premise is that the reason why he has these flashes is because he saw some random images fly past his was his brain on a computer and now he's got all of the cia and fbi's all of their information of what they're both their networks are, are in his brain, but he only can retrieve it when he sees something that triggers the memory, triggers the image. So you have to suspend your your belief a lot. <laughs> okay. But it's the same formula where it's like, you know, they're going about their business, there's some side drama, and then he sees something like, oh, it triggers something. And you're like, oh, how is it gonna end? Or you know, what's the real twist? So if you like the mentalist, you might like this show. I will say um, there is a what's the guy's name? I didn't. I could like sort of recognize it, but I didn't know where I saw him from until uh, my wife told me like straight up, like, oh yeah, that's blah 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 blah. Oh, here he is. In the show, John Casey is played by Adam Baldwin. Now, do you know what Adam Baldwin was in? That's a personal favorite show of no. ours. Firefly. I'll be in my bunk. Do you remember that guy? The guy was like the oh, gunhead. Yeah. They're the hired gun, more or less. Yeah. He's the He's got gray hair now. Yeah. He plays a oh, he plays a, no, he's partner of CIA. What 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 department he's supposed to be part of? God damn it. 
well, whatever. He's in the show. He's like one of the main main actors. So I figure you'll enjoy seeing him again. He doesn't play. He isn't as like the, the humor is not as good as Firefly was, but it's still good. It's still fun. I miss Firefly. Been a long time. But and uh, Battlestar Galactica. I never could get into Battlestar Galactica. I I tried watching it, and I'm like, what is going on? Like. It's a whole lot of nothing for a long time. And I thought like, oh, well, am I done with like, how many episodes has it been? I look, I'm still in the first one. What the hell? You've never finished the first episode? Okay. As far you as I got. You have to finish that. Okay. This is, far, this is what I last remember seeing. Earth's taken over. You know, done deal. They're on this arcane ship that now is, you know, the last savior ship. And they're blasting off to like some cloud place for safety to meet up like the rendezvous point. And that was as far as I got. And that was like an hour in. The first episode long. And based on what you said, you're in for a mind fuck at the end. Because you've made assumptions. I just know that it was moving too slow in the beginning. Like, I get the I don't remember. Value. It's just like, I, I guess it was a problem that I'd, I'd already like, the show had been out for quite some time, and so it was already popular by the time I went to sit down and watch it. So I sort of quasi knew what was going to happen. Like I knew, oh, robots take over. But like to get to that point, I was expecting like it to be in the beginning, where it felt like it was more like in the middle of the episode. And by the time I got there, I'm like, I'm already like, it's just, it's like, it's they're doing more world building than than moving the story along, which is like, I feel like it's an old style. That's what you used to see in the old Star Trek films. Old Star Trek films move really slowly because they're doing lots yeah. of world building. They're showing you how everything is done in the new future, which like they're doing in the show too, but I'm, I'm just, I feel like that's the parts you don't really carry on. I want to hear the story. I want to hear the solution. What is the problem? What is the solution the story writers have come up with to work around this problem? Stuff is paced that's, differently now. That's definitely true. You just look at the compare the the quasi new Star Treks to the old, and you, you can see there's a there's a huge shift in how things are paced. Yeah, movies in the seventies would have like these painfully long, slow sequences of the guy walking up the stairs, and <laughs> yeah. pausing at every every turn. Have you ever seen the original the original Planet of the Apes? Yeah. Do you remember the part when they crash? Like at the very beginning, they crash down. I don't remember it. Well, I remember um, I'll, just, I'll describe it to you. They crash down. They get out of their ship. Like one of them dies immediately in the, sh- in the crash, and the three of them are walking through the desert, and they have no idea like where they're heading. They're just like looking for any kind of civilization, and the music is so tense and going dun 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 like that. Normally in a film, that lasts for like five seconds, and then boom, something happens. And, they just keep going. Film, it did keep going. Like I'm like, oh shit! Like what is going to happen? I'm tense. I'm watching, and they start going down this little like little like sand dune. I'm going, oh my god! One of them's gonna trip and fall, like break his ankle. Like oh shit! What do we do? No, nothing happens. They walk down perfectly fine. No problems. I'm just like tense the whole time, and just nothing's happening. And then they get to the civilization. No problem. No problems. What? Just, they yeah. gave you emotional blue balls. They did. I was left uncoming. That's not the right way to say any of that sentence, but that's what I feel like with old films is that they, the pacing is completely different. I will say I've, I've heard the, the reason why that can be is that back in the day, you know, nobody watched movies at home. It was, I don't even think people had television at home at this time. No, never mind. That's a bit too far. They probably had television, but you know, movies would not be at home streaming. And so in order to get out, to escape the heat, like during the summer, because it's like when these movies would come out it's during the summertime, people would go to the theater because theaters are air conditioned and they would want the movie to be really long because they're basically wanting to just hang out and chill, literally avoid the heat by just, you know, going to a movie theater, forget your troubles and your worries for three hours. Yeah. And they pretty much had a captive audience at that point. Yeah. So they could drag them through all those painfully long scenes. Painfully long scenes. I guess it also depends on the motivation. And at Planet of the Apes, it seemed like once you got to the settlement, the 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 civilization, 
then things were moving at a pretty good pace. I didn't feel like it was like I was like I was paying attention. I wasn't like losing like yeah, tune out. But that that opening scene though, I was like, oh, uh, what's gonna happen? Oh, who's gonna die next? Just walking out a brisk brisk walk through the desert, no problems. Okay. Yeah. Does not match. Have you played any uh, uh, new games? Good. New games? Yes. Yeah. There's one new game I tried out. It's a couple weeks ago I tried it out. Called where is it? Rising Storm Two Vietnam. Have you heard of this game? Yes, I have that. Oh, I stream it on GeForce now. Oh, okay, I'm about to say like I don't see it. <laughs> don't it's see in my it Steam here. library. Steam has let me down. Uh, one of my Twitch viewers was like, "Hey, let's play this," because I I got him to play Insurgency. Uh, so I checked it out. Oh. I feel like it's a mix between Insurgency and like the way Battlefield was Battlefield Two. Yes. It's a little bit more movement faster than Battlefield 2 was, but it's definitely got those elements like the one map we played, you are... <laughs> it's also so funny. Everybody in, everybody in chat is always like, go back to your home country, Americanos, or whatever. Not Americano, that doesn't make any sense, but like... They're making Vietnam jokes the whole time. Yeah. But you spawn like on an island far away, and you have to literally ride the helicopter in and land. And oh man, of course, of course, just like the way it was in Battlefield 2, everybody wants to pilot, but nobody knows how to fly. So it's like it's a struggle just to get off the island because everybody like jumps in the helicopter, flies up, tilts down, and doesn't know how to tilt back up, and they just crash, <laughs> killing everybody <laughs> in. But there's you know, there's squads, and you can spawn on the squad leader. Or what's nice is it doesn't have to be a squad leader, it can be anybody in the squad, you can spawn on their location. Um, I don't know if there's any limitations to that, I never, I never got that far. <laughs> But like as the helicopter was flying, it would just like start populating with people that were in your squad, and then you just drop off and they fly away. Um, there's like a commander position where they can like call in an airstrike or call in anti-air, and so like if you're flying a helicopter during that period, any time anything in the air, the air, a plane just comes by and just shoots you down and just flies off. And there's like attack helicopters too, if you're the Americans. Um, the Vietnam side, the Vietnamese, they have like tunnels that they can dig and then you can spawn that tunnel. So you can spawn really close to the, like where the, the action is and it blends in with the environment. So you have to like use the trees and the bush to pop out. And go, hey! I don't remember any of this. I need to play it again. Uh, uh, next time I'll let you know. I didn't realize you had it cause steam didn't tell me. <laughs> can you check? They view all friends who can play. Uh, you are not in this list. Damn it. I have some other game then. Yeah, I missed if you didn't remember what I'm talking about. I I'm terrible at the game because I'm like, if you don't know where to go, it's just like insurgency. If you don't know where to go, you're sort of lost. Yeah. And like, I'll be like, I think I'm safe, and then boom, a guy pops out and kills me. I'm like, well, I guess I wasn't safe. You know, this is this apparently is right where they spawn, kind of thing. But once once you get used to that, it's pretty fun. I have to ask, what server did you play on when you played insurgency? <laughs> I played on, crap, what's it called? Switch YOLO. 420 YOLO? 420 YOLO, there we go. 420 YOLO Featured on... Instaspawn. Instaspawn. 420YOLO.co, Instaspawn. Insurgency server, 24 hours, 7 stream. I also hear they're running. Yes. I've seen it freeze and uh, disconnect several times this week. This oh, because you got the new Elgato card, right? You gotta jiggle the handle all the time. Well, garbage. It's a good price, but I guess that's well, I don't know if it's the, if that's the cause. It was actually like an Nvidia encoder thing that crashed, and then my server itself, when it's been on for forty eight hours or something, and nobody's joined, unless I reload the map, it freezes clients when they connect to the server for some reason. Timeout zone. It's very strange. Ooh, let's so, see. I'm gonna have to set up a cron job to restart that thing every once in a while. But then it'll disconnect my stream. So I'll have to create another script. Well, Just we do have scripts all the way down. We're about halfway through May, with June coming up. Any plans? Any big of any big events for the summer to look forward to? <clears throat> Uh, 
hopefully a 420 YOLO Co. DAO and a 420 YOLO NFT. Uh, break into the crypto I've got to learn it. Game. I've got to learn it. Got to figure out who to hire. And then I want to get all the servers administrated by just a bunch of random people on the internet. And then meme the shit out of everything. <laughs> the shit out of it? Wait, what do you meme mean? Meme the shit out of everything. So I just get a bunch of... The games are all like run by a bunch of teenage boys. So they just pass memes back and forth to each other all the time. So... I'll explain part of the strategy off the air. It's part uh, of the... Uh, uh, tokenomics health. It's an Ethereum thing. But that is how I'll fund more and more game servers. If you could fund a game server, like if you, if you just got a choice on a particular game that could just be perpetually hosted with mods and stuff, what game would it be? It has to be a game where you can host it yourself. Oh, well, that's a big problem because it's not a lot of games left to let you do that. Would you host a Team Fortress 2 server? Day of Defeat? Insurgency? Probably Insurgency out of all those games. It's funny that to me, like, Team Fortress 2 is... It's always fun to play, but I just never find myself playing it anymore. Yeah. I feel like it's better with group. It's not good to play by yourself. That's how I feel about pretty much every game. It's yeah. definitely a social thing. I like the shit-talking aspect. It's mostly about the mom jokes. <laughs> mom jokes? What? Yeah. I mean, it's very little about the gaming. It's just more like the more creative jokes you can come up with. The social aspect. When you're teabagging your friend. <laughs> Yeah, what game would you choose to mod? Oh man, Arma 3. That has already yeah, does have a lot of mods. My only yeah. issue that game is just it's um it's so real at some point it's like not fun. It depends on how you play. I played on some of these giant King of the Hill servers, and I haven't had that much fun in a while. I mean, besides my insurgency server, which I generally have more fun on more often. But on this 100-player server, I've never done anything like that before. It's been so long since I played in a game that could do more than 40 players. Oh, wow. Think about it. I guess that's true. Tribes 2 was the last game that we played. 64. do 64 people. Or Quake, but that was before Tribes. So Wait, Quake? Quake do 64? I think so. No? I'm just trying to think what map could hold 64 players. That's a good point. I, I know I it saw. held a high number, like you could get chaotic. Maybe it was 48. But 64, I know, worked for Tribes too because the maps were huge. They were infinite. And so, yeah, it, it, you know, you could get into a good game with 64 players, 32 versus 32. But with Quake, that'd be... I'm just trying to think. I'm going through like the maps that I can remember. from. You're talking about Quake 3, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what maps there were, and there were some large maps, but even 64 players would be just like, it'd be crowded. You couldn't spawn without a rail killing you immediately. I wonder, but it was a large number. I want to do this. I want to host, or I want to pay somebody to host Arma servers for me. Just maintain it so you don't have to. Yeah. Just so I can ensure that they're that the uh, ecosystem is healthy, that those particular types of servers are up. And then I'd like to pay for some tribe servers. There's got to be some way to bring back that community. Well, I'm just trying to think. The, the problem with tribes too is that the entrance to play is pretty high. And that's yes. for a game that's already old. Like you can make the game is basically free, but it takes a little bit of work to to get it to be free. You have and to like to get the skill to even play. Yeah, like this. That's a good point. Like a lot of a lot of games that get you know super popular really fast. The barrier to start playing and feel good about playing is very low. Of course, 
know, the games that are, I think that last longer, the, the skill cap then goes up, you know, sky's the limit kind of thing, and that's what keeps people interested. But you got to have the the entrance to play really cheap, really low, even if the game itself is free. Because I can I can tell you when I played Tribes 1 the very first time, jetpacks and jumping together was like very confusing because I, I never played a game that had that. Even today, I don't think it's it's probably more common, but it's not. I don't not think anybody does it. Was. They removed Halo it from Tribes close. Ascend. Yeah. <laughs> There's jetpacks in Halo. Yeah, I don't know which Halo it was, but they added the feature of jetpacks, which just felt very much like Tribes 2. But of course, that generation of kids wouldn't know what Tribes 2 was. Um, like that's the closest, the, that's the closest, most like popular game I could think of that had that that feature. I almost feel like with Tribes Ascend, it was just pretty much just people who played the original Tribes were playing that. Maybe a couple new people were playing, but the reason why they didn't stick around is that that game had issues. Yep. The base game was there, but the way it was managed, it's not going to last. It was not managed well. It would install its own version of Flash over <laughs> yeah. your version of Flash. <laughs> so they'd release an update, and then they'd be like, oh, you're on Flash Player 20? That's cool. Here's Flash Player 10. And then you're vulnerable to like the last 10 years of remote <laughs> code executions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just that... Like they're trying to get it on the, uh, it doesn't cost anything to start playing, which I guess makes sense because you need, you want to try and get that base in there. But then like to get anywhere, unless you paid money, was unrewarding. You could play over and over and over again and get nowhere. You couldn't, you couldn't see immediate progress from just like one game kind of thing. Yeah, their selection of weapons was pretty limited, so they took whatever your maximum amount of time playing was and had to divide up all the points to fit that long duration and probably the number one reason why it didn't last like why tribes 2 worked and why this game did not is tribes 2 was very moddable you could create whatever you wanted if you had the uh technical knowledge and people did and that's what like you know whole whole subgroups of players would play their own mod or modify the game to make it like correct errors that were like, you know, never foreseen in the original game, but like, oh, we need to make this more competitive. So remove this, add this, make this a little faster, do this little tweaks here and there. And that spawned its own like competitive version of players. But Tribes of Send only had Tribes of Send, like it, the base game was it. You couldn't change it. I think so, right? There wasn't any, there wasn't any mods for that game that were no. uh, great. There's nothing anyway. you could do. You couldn't even host your own server. You had that's to pay right. them. Join their servers. So that's that's why I think it didn't have long term growth like Tribe Two did. Yeah, nobody has any skin in the game. Yeah, if they can't just... host their own server and put their own skin in the game, why stick around? It's hard to have a community if you're uh, always on random servers. Yeah, that's an interesting problem to solve. I think someday there will be a decentralized Steam. All the infrastructure is coming into being. All the games could be distributed through Filecoin or something. The next 10 years is going to be really interesting. You know, the, the coin, new coin strategies, not coin strategies, but like coin concepts being applied to Just different this, things. The fact that uh, you can create all these decentralized platforms that have their layer of security and transactions settled on the Ethereum blockchain. You don't need to use Ethereum. Filebase is a file storage service that uses mm -hmm. a bunch of uses like StoreJ and some other SIA, I think is what it's called. They're all uh, they're like Filecoin. They're a utility token for an object storage system that's decentralized and normal people with credit cards can pay Filebase. And then the files are actually stored in a decentralized manner where Filebase doesn't handle it. But they set up the smart contracts and then your files are split up 
into little tiny blocks and then triplicated and spread all over the world. And then when you retrieve it, whatever the protocol is that they use restores your files. It's interesting. I just need to see the the application come out and it's like blows the competition cup compose anything comparable away. And then I'm sure everyone Filecoin does on. not do that. Or, sorry, uh uh Filebase does not. Mm-hmm. Only in one aspect, and that would be like archiving stuff in a way that can't be censored. But you wouldn't be using Filebase for that. You'd be using the protocol directly. I guess I guess what we need is to have a more corrupt government. That way protection of <laughs> information becomes more important. But Right now, the costs just can't be as competitive as AWS. Yeah, until until um, decentralization is more valuable, the cost isn't justified yet. Well, it is in a lot of cases. Look at podcasting. This is true. That's basically what po- made podcasting so great. In the There's game. no such thing as an outage in podcasting. Yeah, as long as somebody has a uh, has it to share. Yeah, everybody runs their own infrastructure. For their podcast free as in freedom on that note bring your wallet.com slash contact oh, one more thing i do Whoa. want to do one announcement channel troy you can play the soundbite to youtube.com start out uh is there a time code no it's one second long it is my cat chai's birthday today <laughs> What a great sound effect. Yeah, so I thought it was nice and sweet for any birthday announcements. Or, yeah, I guess birthday announcements. Yeah. Happy birthday, Chai. Thank you. He appreciates it. I let him run around without his collar today. Now I can't hear when he sneaks up on me. Oh, the socks dealer. Holy. I'm just afraid of waking up dead. What? Ah, didn't feed me my second breakfast, huh? Good night. Have a good night. Anyway, what's your website? Where can people see Chai on the cat cam? Yort.org, Y O R T dot O R G, or at twitch.tv slash Troy C N N N. And bringyourwallet.com slash contact for feedback and suggestions, and frothymix.info slash donate to support the show, share the show. After all, it's free. See you next week. Good night.